Into hour number two, first hour, like I like to say, smooth and easy. It's going fast. Get up in here, jump in, elevate the conversation, do what you have to do to make it better. Telephone number is toll-free nationwide and in Canada, 1-800-636-8686. Hit me up on the X at Jim Rome. Email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at haveatake.com. And remember, the beef segment's coming up in hour number three. You can beef about anything you want. Before we do that, and we start hour number two with one of the best stories in college football, frankly, we're joined by the head football coach at Missouri. He's in his fourth season there. Missouri held off Florida 33-31 Saturday. They moved to 9-2 overall. They're 5-2 in SEC play. They're ranked number nine in the college football playoff rankings. They take on Arkansas on Friday. We are joined by their head coach, Eli Drinkwitz. Eli, it is great to have you back on. Eli, what's going on? How are you? Man, I'm doing great. Always good to be on or in the jungle. And uh, appreciate you making time for me today. Oh, man, I appreciate you making time for me. And it's always great to have you in the jungle. So many great things going on with Missouri football right now. I mentioned a top 10 ranking. You're going to a bowl game for the fourth straight year. You've assured yourself a winning record. I mean, you've got this thing headed in the great and the right direction. If you had to pinpoint one or two of the biggest reasons why this program is where it is right now, what would they be? It's player-led. It's 100%. Um, the the leadership of our team, whether you're talking about Cody Schrader, Brady Cook, Darius Robinson, um, Tyron Hopper, Javon Foster, when your best players are your best leaders, it creates a connection amongst your team and your staff and a belief in each other. And, and that's that that to me is the whole thing right now. You know, we've got some unbelievable stories about players who are. Um, I mean, Cody Schrader is a walk-on Division II transfer from Truman State that's leading the SEC in rushing. Um, he's had seven straight 100-yard games. He's a semifinalist for the Doak Walker Award. He's one of the best running backs in college football. Um, but he, 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 hasn't been that, he, he hasn't been given that because of hype. He did it. He earned it. You know, Brady Cook was, was tarred and feathered last season. I mean, he was booed at our own home games at, when he was introduced as the starter and now he leads the student section after we beat Florida. And it's, again, not because of hype all offseason. I mean, there, there's a couple of quarterbacks we played this year that were said to be the most talented quarterback in the country, and yet our guy just goes out there and works and has earned everything that he's been given. And that, that to me, is why – we're such a good story in college football. Yeah, exactly. One of the best stories, and there's so many great stories within that one big story. Eli Drinkwitz is joining us. You know, I was going to ask you about Brady. So the guys showed tremendous heart and grit in coming back to beat Florida. What about that? A 12-play, 62-yard drive in the final 90 seconds, engineered by Brady Cook, that sets up the game-winning field goal. I mean, does that drive not, and you talked about him, but does that drive not fully encapsulate perfectly who he is and what he has brought to the program since becoming the starter last season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about this too. Like, in our two losses, Brady's had the ball in his hand, and for whatever reason, it did go our way, right? We had a sack fumble against LSU. We, we had an interception thrown to a D lineman against Georgia. And you're sitting there like, oh, here we go again. Brady's out there on the last drive. And instead, it's fourth and 17, and he makes the biggest throw of his career. And, you know, you just look in his eyes, and he has no fear. Um, he believes in himself. He believes in his teammates. And, you know, that was a hell of a throw, and it was a great throw. But, man, the two throws after that are as good as it gets, as accurate and as precise a throw and executed plays as you can have to really give the thicker kicker uh, a chip shot <laughs> field goal to win the game. And 
again, it's just it's a story of uh, refusal. I said it the other day, stubborn refusal to quit. Like he just won't quit. He just won't give up on himself, and we won't let him give up on himself. And uh, he, he's uh, he's proven to be more than capable, more than talented. Um, he's got the right mindset, and man, it's been it's been a for me, it's been awesome. I just get to sit on the sideline and watch these guys bail my ass out. Eli Trinkwitz joining us. You mentioned the thicker kicker. I was going to get there. Harrison Mevis nailed the game-winning kick with five seconds left. I mean, we almost never, ever talk about a college kicker, but this dude is so good, so good that he has two nicknames. You hit on one of them, the thicker kicker at 243. You also call him Money Mevis because he's made so many big kicks for you. I can't remember the last time I asked a major college coach what his kicker has meant to the program. In fact, I don't think I've ever asked any college coach what his kicker has meant to the program. So there's a first for everything. What has Money Mevis, the thicker kicker, meant to the Tigers? Well, 243, that, that's being real generous, okay? I mean, he's well over 250. I think he's just trying to uh, protect himself a little bit. But uh, he, he, is, uh, he means the world to our program. He's just got such a great personality and calmness to him. Um, but crud, I mean, Money Mevis, if it wasn't for Money Mevis, I probably still wouldn't be in a job. You know, so that's that's why we call him Money Mevis. Uh, but no, he he's always on the money. He's right on time, and he delivers when 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 we're, when it's needed. Eli, I know you constantly hammer home three letters to your players: STP, STP. Yep. In this context, what do those three letters stand for, and how do they relate to your team? Yeah, so STP is our model, something to prove. And um, you know, throughout the whole off season, we've heard about all the different. Uh, prognosticators and predictions of what we were. Um, and we wanted to prove the doubters wrong, but as we got into it, it really became, we wanted to prove to each other that they were right to believe in the brotherhood. And it really became more about an internal motivation to not let the brotherhood down than it became about proving to people outside of here that we were better. Like we, we kind of got over that. It kind of became like, man, I just want to prove to Brady Cook and to Cody Schrader and to Darius Robinson and to Chris Abramstrain and to J.C. Carlisle and to Javon Foster that, man, it was worth it for you to come back for another year. To prove to Luther Burden, man, I know all these schools were trying to get you to go in the portal and offering you all a lot more, but, man, we appreciate you staying committed to us. And uh, we just wanted to prove it to each other every day that it was worth the commitment and worth uh, believing in us. I love that, right? Like you can either try to prove people wrong, the haters wrong, or you can try to prove the people who believe in you right. Both work, both are powerful, and it sounds like you've done a little bit of both. Let me ask you this. Not only have you changed the culture and the energy of that program internally, but the student body and the community have responded with the same intensity with five straight sellouts. What's the buzz feel like, and then how gratifying is it to see your fans show up and show out like they are in Columbia? Yeah, it's just been an awesome resurgence. We knew it was here. Um, we knew, you know, we knew that what Tiger Stadium could be and what 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 Mizzou could be, and and um, you know, we had seen glimpses of that. Dennis Gates has done an outstanding job with our basketball program, and I think we just kind of carried over that momentum, um, and, and we've kind of exceeded the expectations that our fans had for us, and and it's it's just been really cool to see, um, and you know. Now, now it's we're on to that next motto, which is why stop now? Like, wh- why stop? Let's keep going. Let's not get satisfied. Let's keep pressing the envelope. Let's keep pushing. And uh, 
you know, as much fun as we've had this season, man, Friday's a huge game for us. And we've got to um, refocus and run to that fight uh, Friday and make sure we bring our best game. I know. I know what you did there. I see what you did there, and I agree with that. I love that line, by the way. We're going to run to that fight. We've got to run to that fight. Let me ask you this really quickly, and then I'll ask you about Arkansas and turning loose. But when you say that you exceeded the fans' expectations, I'm sure 100%, right? 100%. Yeah. But, but did you exceed your own? Like, when you say, we knew what we had here. We knew what we could do here. Did you see becoming a top-10 team and even better there? Did you see that? I fully believed in the the talent on this team. Um, we had 32 players that had played five or more games in college football, and I knew we were going to be deep enough, and I knew we we were going to be talented enough. I just you just never know what kind of connection your team's going to make. And when Harrison hit that 61 yarder versus K State to win the game, I knew we were going to have a special season because. Um, it's like in the Bible, it says faith without works is dead. Like I knew we had a belief in the team. Um, but when he hit that field goal and, and you saw the action behind the belief and, and that comes together, I'm like, yep. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna do something special. Now you know you're in the midst of something really special. Like you understand that because you're a little bit older than the kids. You've had that experience. You know what's happening. You understand what's happening. So finally, you run to the fight Friday night. You've got Arkansas. They have just four wins, but and I know you believe this, it would be foolish to overlook them or underestimate them, especially when they've got that dual-threat quarterback, D.J. Franks, under center. What challenges will he and that Arkansas offense present you in that battle-line rivalry? Yeah, I mean, their quarterback has been giving us fits for four seasons. He's a, you know He's been a four-year starter. He plays. He's got great uh, ball skills. He can really run. But the bottom line is, it's a rivalry game and you can throw the records out and it's their senior day. They're going to play with a ton of emotion. They just, you know, re up their, their, their head coach. They know the direction their program's going in. And it's like, this is like their first, uh, the start of a new, you know, really a new season for them. And so we got to run to that fight and we got to match their intensity. Um, we're going to have to play turnover free football. We're going to have to really tackle the quarterback. Um, and we're going to have to play solid in special teams. It, here's the thing in the SEC, Every team has got NFL players uh, that can take over a game. And if you don't bring your best, if you don't play uh, complimentary football, you can get embarrassed in a hurry. And so our team understands that. I, I think we've, we've been overlooked before. Um, and so from our perspective, we don't overlook or underestimate anybody. We understand that everybody's got talent and something to prove, and, and we got to believe in ourselves, and we got to prove it to ourselves that, we're capable of doing this, too. And they would absolutely love nothing more as a rivalry matchup to wreck a dream season for you. And I know you know that. And I know that's why you're going to run to that fight. Missouri is one of the best stories in college football. Again, 9-2 and two overall, 5-2 and two in SEC play. Number 9 in the college football playoff rankings and a big one against Arkansas Friday. Eli, I appreciate you so much. I know it's a busy week. Great to have you back in the jungle. Good luck on Friday. And I hope we can do it again soon. We will. M-I-Z. There you go. I love it. I love talking to him. What an amazing job he's done in Missouri. Okay, can I reset that for you? Ninth in the college football playoff rankings. Top 10 team overall. 5-2 and two in SEC play. 9-2 and two overall. Love the attitude, too. And I love that phrase, you got to run to the fight. There's the likes to fight guy, and then there's you run to the fight. 
1-800-636-8686. All right, so we've done both the interviews. Really good interviews. Yesterday, our child was in the house. Today, Alvin's children are in the house. Dude, dude. Tom, you should go have a kid so you can bring your kid to the house. Jack Savage. Do what you do, Jack. Our other son, Jake Rome, is en route. He'll be home tonight, late tonight. And there's this. I'm well aware of this. Apple Pasta writes, Jim, Jim, we have a jungle emergency. Jungle legends, Daryl Hall and John Oates are suing each other. This must be addressed. Personally, I can't go for that. Low-hanging fruit, dude. Firstly, they're not jungle legends. I've never met either one of them. I've never spoken to either one of them. They're hit machines. They're legends. Respect. I don't really know why one has a restraining order against another. I would imagine it's a legal battle. Let me look into it because I haven't. Let's see here. Hall and Oates are embroiled in a confidential legal battle. This led to Daryl Hall getting a restraining order against his former music partner, John Oates. Is it a temporary restraining order? Is it a restraining order? Is it you're not allowed to get within 100 feet of me restraining order? I don't know what it means. I'm going to assume what that means is that Hall and Oates are basically going one-on-one. I don't know, clones. This report also says little information about the lawsuit is publicly available as the court documents are sealed, but based on court records, Hall filed an undisclosed complaint against Oates. I'm going to be real. I don't even know which one's which. I should. Who's the tall blonde? And who's the shorter mustached one? Anyway, Hall filed... I know who they are. I'm just kidding. Hall filed an undisclosed complaint against Oates on November 16th, as well as a motion for, there it is, temporary restraining order. So a TRO as reported by Philadelphia Magazine. The following day, the court officially issued a temporary restraining order to begin November 30th. I mean, I see how these things happen, and then I don't see how these things happen. I see how a team like that, and I don't know the nature of their relationship, how it was. It's obviously not good now. Were these guys once very tight? Were they never tight? Was it just all business the whole time? Did they always just kind of show up to write together, produce together, tour together, but hate each other's guts? Were they at one time really tight? I don't know. It seems to me that if I sold eight zillion records and made eight zillion dollars, I'd probably like the guy at least a little. But then again, maybe that's the problem. Maybe they sold 8 zillion records and one of them didn't get 8 zillion dollars. 
Whatever it is, clones, I'm well aware of it. I don't know what happened, and I really don't give a damn. I just don't. I know you do. And you know why you do? Because it's easy. It's convenient. Clones, I have something to tell you. Everything bad is on the other side of easy. You see what I did there? The real line is everything good is on the other side of hard. Everything bad is on the other side of easy. Y'all jerking around making Hall and Oates jokes is easy. So everything bad is on the other side of easy. But I've seen it. At Indie Lib MC writes, Jim, my wife and I just sent our only child off to college this fall. We are navigating and sometimes struggling with everything that an empty nest brings, as I'm sure you and DJ are too. This interview yesterday freaking moved me. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. It's hard. DJ and I are awesome, and the kids are awesome, and then all of a sudden the kids are gone. And DJ's entire life really has been about those kids and her 5,000 friends and me. And then the kids are gone. So it is hard. We, we get it. We understand. Which is, I think, part of the reason why she wanted to send him in and have him do what he did yesterday. No Cal Vic is in. Damn. You big as hell in person. Signed, Rick in Buffalo, meeting Danny DeVito. Oh, you big as hell in person. Me? Rick said that to Danny, and Danny said, me? Oh, you big as hell in person. Me? All right, so we'll come back. Listen, set it up. Call with a beef right now. I expect you to blow it out. Big time beef segment going into the holiday weekend. Top of hour number three. What is your beef? Anything you want. One, eight, well, anything except the JN. And anything except bathroom humor. Gas, groceries, utilities, you name it. The price of everything is going up. And if you are stuck in a bad timeshare with rising maintenance fees, the financial burden can be crushing. So it's time to get your finances in order and get the real facts about that timeshare that you're stuck in. And your options to get rid of it. Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, has been helping families out of terrible timeshares for over 10 years and has put together a complete timeshare exit information kit. He will send it to you absolutely free of charge. To date, over 30,000 families have trusted Wesley Financial Group to help them out of financial hardship by getting them out of bad timeshares, and they might be able to do the same thing for you. To get the facts about how the timeshare industry works and your options for cancellation, simply call Wesley. Get your free timeshare exit kit. See how you can become timeshare free. Call 800-462-3333. 800-462-3333. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. Like I said, 
low-hanging fruit. And by low-hanging fruit, I mean on the ground, run over by cars, stepped on by people, wormed out. The lowest-hanging fruit. That's why you clones are all over it. Hey, Van Sissel, please inform the court I am pleased with their decision on oats. It made my dreams come true. Signed to Hall. Andy from Denver. I don't know. Maybe I just save you the trouble. Yeah, I know. Hey, Rome. Do you think they both ran out and hired private eyes? Probably. Given the money at stake, probably. I would. Hey, Rome. And I'm just making these up. Because I know you will, and you'll drag me down. So I'm going to defuse this situation and preempt it. Like, hey, Rome, I wonder how long their relationship has been falling apart. They probably did it in a minute. Or, hey, Rome, I wonder how long it'll be before Daryl realizes he's gone. I know you clones are like, damn it, Rome. I was going to do that. I know. That's why I did it first. So you wouldn't. Hey, Rome. Hey, Rome. Forget kiss on my list. John must be ready to tell him to kiss on my ass. I'm not even sure what that song even means, but it probably sold 8 million copies. They're the hit makers, man. Why can't you figure it out? They were the hit makers. How do you not figure it out? You know, like Phil Collins. I mean, how hard could those songs have been to write? Why do I feel like Hall Notes would sit down in a restaurant with a few napkins and just knock them out, man? Bam, 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 bam. Here's an album. Here's an album. Here's an album. Everybody gets an album. You know, kind of like Oprah on her show. You get a Jetta. You get a Jetta. You get a Jetta. Everybody gets a Jetta. I feel like the two of these dudes just kind of sat down in the studio, put their feet up, and were like, and, and sorry, Hall, sorry, Oates, not to disrespect either one of you dudes, but I feel like you just went in the studio, put your feet up, got out your crayons or pens or whatever you wrote with, and just started knocking out the hits. Just bam, bam. Five mil, five mil, five mil, five mil, five mil. And all of a sudden now you're a couple of old bitter dudes. And you've got restraining orders against each other. What the hell happened? These are supposed to be the golden years, man. Unbelievable. 1-800. Like, there's no way also that this is news. There's no way. No way, no way, no way. No way this is news that is going to make Salty Sarah smile. Salty. 
mean, that's like buttery almost. No way Salty Sarah is smiling over that news. And then there's Geoff and Lincoln trying to play. Geoff, go away, man. Don't take this the wrong way, Geoff, but go away, man. You're running out of time. Get your beefs ready. Top of the hour. Let me just... Okay, I want to talk about Jim Irsay. There was an amazing reaction to the Barry Sanders doc from Scott Mitchell. If you're old enough or you've done this long enough or you're a long-suffering Lions fan, you remember Scott Mitchell. I remember Scott Mitchell. I remember talking about him on this show quite a bit over the years. Well, apparently my man, the big man, remembers everything that everybody said, and he's had enough. And he has an all-time reaction for the haters that I want to get to. Quickly, though, let me just button up this thing about Logan and him coming in yesterday. Personal note, clones. And I mean this seriously. I want to tell you how moved both Janet and I were that you were moved by the sit-down that I had with our son Logan on the program yesterday. Again, DJ was the one who pushed for it. It was her idea. Logan and I both were sort of ambivalent. Like, neither one of us were totally against it, but we weren't totally into it. And I try to say to DJ, listen, just so you know, and I know you know, we've got a lot of things going on this week. It's a short week. There's a lot of prep. There's some podcasts. I don't know that I can do this. As much as I love the kid, I don't know. And she's like, I know, I know. And then what time are you doing it? Oh, I know. I know what you're up against. I know how busy you are. I know, I know the show, honey. What time are we doing it? So anyway, we get to a place where we can do it. And Logs, as you can tell, if you watched him yesterday, he clearly was just kind of laid back and was in or not in, whatever. I want to say for the record, though, serious note, those of you who know me, those of you who know this show, could easily tell how proud I am of him and what an absolute blast he and I both had yesterday. It truly was one of my favorite jungle moments ever. Full stop. Now, clones, what made it even better for me and Dr. Jano, but not Logs because he didn't see the comments because he just doesn't care. He cares. He respects you, he appreciates you, but he's not that guy who's going to rush to his phone to see what people said. I guarantee he hasn't even looked. But DJ did, and, you know, I did. I took a little look around for that one. And seeing your comments on Instagram and on the X about what a great kid he is and what a great job we may have done, DJ and I, we were so moved by that. We were so moved by your comments. So, yes, it was an absolute blast. I couldn't be more proud of him. Logs is a great dude. I'm still laughing at him dunking on Big Head and admitting that, yes, some of you clones do hit him up on social. And when I said that you've never actually posted on the gram, how do you know? He said, I can tell when middle-aged people drop into my DMs. I usually leave them on red. That made me laugh. Especially since the kid usually leaves me on red. So you can tell I was beaming and proud. But I would say the same exact thing about his older brother, Jake. They're total bros. Jake is almost four years older than Logs. And Jake's an incredible older brother 
who's always there for rogues. Jake graduated from Wisconsin this past spring. He's already killing it. He works at a production company in Madison. He's following his dream. And Logues has always looked up to Jake. And Jake has always had time for Logues. Like, they're great. They're awesome. I always just assumed that if we had two sons, they'd just beat the crap out of each other. But they don't. Nothing but love and respect. Like, they tell each other things, obviously, that they would never tell either one of us. Or if Logues has an issue that he doesn't want to run through me or mama, quote mama, he runs it through Jake. So Jake's awesome. Jake's in business. Jake's in production. A number of you said, what about Jake? When does Jake get to come on the show? He'll come on this show or maybe he needs more runway. Jake will probably end up as a guest on the Reinvention Project because he's already gone to college. He's gotten out. And I know a lot of you are kind of curious about what's it like out there. We're afraid. How do we get a job? Jake's really good on that stuff. In the meantime, most of all, clones. Janet and I want to thank you for your incredible reaction on social to yesterday's sit-down with Logs. It was really one of my favorite moments ever on this show. You could tell, right? And your reaction made it even better. As you can tell, I love the kid. I'm extremely proud of the kid. Jake, too. Love him. Extremely proud of him. And, and Dodger Jano. Extremely proud of Dodger Jano. I know I'm laying it on thick here, but extremely proud of Dodger Jano for raising two amazing kids. Two great dudes. But clones, you move me. I was extremely moved by how moved you were, by how moved I was to sit with Logs because we had so much fun. So thank you very much, clones. Still ahead, Scott Mitchell not feeling very thankful right now. In fact, he's got a message for the entire world that I want to share with you that's incredible. His reaction to the Barry Sanders doc was not the same as most of our reactions to the Barry Sanders doc. Then again, we weren't all blamed for costing Barry a championship. His reaction is incredible. We'll have that for you next. Don't go anywhere. Beef segment, top of our number three. Here is your sports update. Here is... Marco Belletti. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. So once again, the beef segment's coming up. Top of the hour. You're running out of time. Hit it. Not all beef jerky is the same. Old Trapper's original old-fashioned teriyaki, hot and spicy, and peppered all come in four-ounce bags. That way you can sample different flavors to find the best one for you. Ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper. What is your beef? So I want to say I hope that everybody is all set for a very happy and relaxing Thanksgiving weekend. However, I know one dude who's not. I know one dude who is not in a holiday mood at all. I know one dude who is definitely not in any mood to give any thanks this weekend. I'm talking about former Lions quarterback Scott Mitchell. 
Remember the big dude. I do. If you're old enough, you do. If you're a longtime Lions fan, I know you do. Listen, I know people do, based on what I'm about to tell you. People remember this dude, and they've got a perception of this dude. My man is in no mood to give any thanks or any Fs. Well, I guess that's not really accurate, since he did have one enormous F for everybody on Facebook yesterday. Because Scott threw on the new Barry Sanders doc, Bye Bye Barry. Remember, I had Barry on this week. I told Barry, I watched the doc. I got an advanced copy. I loved it. And I had a great conversation with Barry Sanders. Love talking to Barry. I love the doc. I love Barry. And most people who've seen the doc enjoyed the doc quite a bit because it is one of the all-time great questions that they tried to attack. Why did this guy leave in the prime of his career? Most people I know who saw it enjoyed it. Not my man Scott. He had a rough viewing experience. And then Scott went to the book. He went to the book to drop an all-time vent slash rant slash middle finger to the entire world. You know what I say about posting on social media. I've always said this. Don't do it while angry. Don't do it while intoxicated. And don't post emotionally because it never ends well. However, there might be a loophole here. I might have to adjust that. I might not have been totally right about that. I thought that was a fundamental thing that I would always believe. Scott Mitchell might have just proven the rule to be somewhat flawed. Because Scott did not just post angry. Scott posted an angry masterpiece. And it was a long post. But let me highlight what was right here. Quote, I am so tired of hearing how I was the reason that Barry Sanders never won a Super Bowl. I am so sick of hearing how I was not a good quarterback. My only response is F you all. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. And then he wrote, that includes Eminem and Jeff Daniels. And by the way, F you all, he's got the whole word in there. I just said that here. He's got it in caps. He spelled it out in caps. Now, I might be off base here. I might be totally off here. But I'm starting to get the sense that Scott has a problem with being blamed for Barry not winning the Super Bowl that Barry deserved. What an incredible quote. Find me a better quote than F you all. Quote, my only response is F you all. Except again, he went with the actual F-bomb on the book. Quote, my only response is F you all. Oh, is that all? That's your only response? Nothing to add to F you all? What, you're going to show restraint and cap it right there at F you all? Forget those idiotic, idiotic Michigan versus everybody shirts. Idiotic. Scott needs a Mitchell versus everybody shirt or a me versus everyone shirt 
or maybe just a T-shirt that says, F you all. That response is so effective and so hilarious, it almost makes me forget how ineffective he was as a quarterback. Just kidding, dude. I don't want to be next on your F-bomb radar. Although I guess technically you already did F-bomb me since you F-bombed everybody. F y'all. Look, I get it. This dude's been hearing for three decades about him. He was the one. He was the problem. Like almost the only problem. And he held Barry back. And sucky quarterback play ruined Barry's career. And as the reason, Barry walked off. Mitchell's been hearing how much of a loser that he is for the last 30 years. Who wouldn't get tired of that? Except loser. a lot of that's basically true. I mean, the dude was not very good. There's a reason why people wish that they had seen Joe Montana or Warren Moon play with Barry. And that's because Scott Mitchell was not Joe Montana or Warren Moon. My man, you're no Bobby Lane. You're not even Jared Goff. But I'll give you this, dude. Hitting the entire world with an F you all was like the quote equivalent of Brady, Montana, and Aikman all rolled into one. That quote is the stuff of legend, even if your playing career was not. I don't need any further explanation from Scott on any of this, but still he showed up this morning on WFAN with Boomer and Geo to explain himself, which I do respect. I just got kind of tired of hearing about how I was the problem with things in, in Detroit and that if Barry just had a quarterback, you know, he would have been a Super Bowl winner, you know, that, 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 that it was kind of that missing piece. And, and I just, I was like, I just felt like I had to defend myself. Every time we won, there was this pristine picture of Barry Sanders on the front page. And every time we lost, you know, I, I'm getting ripped apart by five guys. And, and I was okay with that. I really was. And, and I understood, you know, the nature of it. I just wanted more time. And, and that's really all it is. Yeah, I get it. I get all of it. it. That had to be rough. But just to be perfectly clear here, it's not rough because Scott was great and Barry was in any part part of the problem. Because Barry was never, ever part of the problem. And Scott actually was part of the problem, whether he hates hearing that or not. But once again, I totally understand how hearing that over and over and over and over again for three decades would drive you nuts. And then the documentary drops, and then they reset that whole narrative, and he felt like, man, enough is enough. I have to defend myself. You know what? Defending myself is not good enough. I'm going to tell the entire world, F y'all. I don't just get it. I actually love it. I've got no problem with it. I actually respect it. As long as we're not trying to blame Barry for any of it. Vent it all out, dude. Vent it all out. It's not your fault that Barry is the goat and you are very much not the goat. Well done making lemonade out of those 30-year-old lemons with a Hall of Fame FU. I get it, dude. I respect it. It's an all-time quote. F you all. But he went with a full four-letter bomb. Enough's enough, man. I am not the only reason why that guy doesn't have a championship. Where he kind of loses me is when he says, you know what, by the way, Barry's got to own some of this too. No, he doesn't. 
Barry doesn't have to own any of this. Barry almost single-handedly restored the pride to that franchise. Barry almost single-handedly restored the pride to that city. Now, none of this is on Barry. None of it. And Scott, frankly, some of this is on you, dude. However, I respect your response. After 30 years, you're like, enough is enough. F you all. It's not even enough's enough. It's F you all. F you all. Romy, I'd like to apologize to absolutely nobody. Scott Mitchell, Nick in New York. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double chance does what the My man Scott Mitchell, like Eli said, he ran to this fight. I was going to say, if you're Scott Mitchell and you know, you know that's the narrative, why are you going to sit down and watch that doc? When you know that's going to come up over and over again. I got a feeling that my man sat there with a, a legal pad and took note of all the haters. And then as he was going to address the haters, he probably thought to himself, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to dress. I'm going to lump everybody in this. F you all. Going right to the book with F you all. It's not my fault. And not, not all of you are buying it. Paul Stewart, quickly. Scott Mitchell was unmitigated ass. Film, don't lie. Hey, Paul Stewart's not having it. Stu's not having it. Hey, Paul, he already had a response for you. Because you're part of everybody. Like me. Everybody's everybody, Paul. Including you. He just said it. Mitchell was unmitigated ass. Ball don't lie. And you know what, by the way? That ball don't lie. That's the truest statement ever in sports, besides scoreboard. That ball don't lie. Hey, Rome, I am sick and tired of hearing that I am the reason Daryl Hall has never won a Grammy. F you all. Regards, John Oates. Look at Canada coming in. All right, so I got a beef segment coming up next. Beef about anything you want going into the holiday weekend. 1-800-636-8686 or hit me on the X. Big fat beef segment next.